What's up, everybody? This is Hunter Williams. This is going to be episode five of the Weapons of High Performance podcast. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about early to bed. The name of this episode is Early to Bed, Early to Rise. And you may be wondering what that's going to be about. Well, it kind of sounds like the title itself. We're going to be talking about going to bed early and actually getting up early. The benefits of that also would, would not be the benefits of that. And what I want to do first before we dive into more of what you would say or like the life hack benefits of everything, um, I just want to give a little bit of background on sleep, different sleep types and everything. But before we jump on into that, remember that if you leave a comment on this video, leave a review on iTunes, and are signed up for my email newsletter list, which you can do in the description below. And if you're listening to this, you just go to YouTube or you can see the link to do it. If you sign up for that email newsletter, again, leave a comment on the video or review on iTunes. Every single week on Friday, be picking a winner from those comments or the review and give them a $100 Amazon gift card completely free. So if you like free money, like getting free stuff, and you enjoy listening to this podcast, sign up and see what happens. So, uh, but to jump on in, what I wanted to talk about first was different sleep types, different like states of your brain during different phases of sleep, and how going to bed early and then rising early can affect those and go from there. So what I wanted to do first is, I remember reading this somewhere, and so I did a little bit more research on it, that there's uh, this doctor, his guy, his name is, uh, he's a sleep specialist, his name is Michael Breus, B-R-E-U-S, Michael Breus, um, he kind of categorized people's different, like into sleep personalities. So he came up with these four different sleep personalities and he used, I guess the word would be anthropomorphization, where he used animals to categorize people's sleep personalities. But basically there's four different types. There's dolphins, lions, bears, and wolves. All pretty cool animals. Uh, but um, he kind of broke up how people sleep and what their preferred method of doing sleep and kind of their, I guess what you'd say their circadian rhythm, but um, we'll kind of jump into those and see what you think you are and um, kind of go from there. So the first one is dolphins. So dolphins are light sleepers who are sometimes diagnosed with insomnia. That's definitely not me, but um, what he does is break down the ideal schedule for a dolphin, so someone that's a light sleeper. So if that's you, you always have a hard time falling asleep. Again, that could be something to do with your diet, nutrition, lifestyle, but it could not. You could also have just difficulty falling asleep. Um, so for these people, dolphins, he recommends getting up at 6.30, waking up and exercising, eating breakfast at 7.30, 9.30, have some coffee, so another little energy, energy boost, 10 to 12, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., brainstorm, work on creative projects, 12 p.m. eat lunch, 1 to 4 p.m. walk around the block if you're feeling tired. I think that's going to be true for everybody. You hit that afternoon slump between like 2 and 3 o'clock, which I've heard. Regardless of your diet and everything, between 2 and 3 o'clock, for whatever reason, humans' brain waves are a little bit lower state, just more relaxed. Um, and then 4 to 6 p.m. He says work on intellectually demanding tasks, uh, professional emails and everything. And then 6 p.m. meditate or do yoga, which I think is going to be important just to wind down anyway. So you go throughout the night, and then um, 6.30 to 8, between 6.30 and 8 p.m., eat dinner. 
10.30 to 11.30 p.m. Turn off all screens, take a hot shower bath, and uh, read a novel. Again, that's probably to help your brain relax. And then 11.30 p.m., go to sleep. So that would make sense, I think, uh, for some people that would consider to have insomnia. Um, part of the problem is probably not enough wind-down time. You know, you're kind of going through that. Um, but anyway, that's a dolphin if you're a light sleeper. Uh, the next one is a lion. So lions tend to wake up early with lots of energy, and by early evening, they're exhausted. I would have to... I, I was looking through these and I don't know that I would necessarily fall into one strict category. I think it would be more of this one, but anyway. He recommends for lions to wake up at 5.30 a.m. and eat breakfast. Uh, 6 to 7 a.m. do planning and big picture thinking. I think I definitely resonate with that uh, as I'm doing this podcast. It's 7.11 a.m. in the morning and um, I really like doing like a lot of the um, creative work, I guess you could say, or anything that requires a lot of intellectual bandwidth in the morning. Uh, 9 to 10 a.m. for a lion, have coffee. 10 to 12, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. hold meetings. 12 p.m. lunch. And 1 to 5 p.m. brainstorm and journal. 5 to 6 p.m. exercise. 6 to 7 p.m. eat dinner. And 10 p.m. turn off all screens. 10.30 p.m. go to sleep. I actually like going to sleep a little bit earlier than that, but um, I think in terms of rhythm of the day, I kind of resonate with that. The next one is a bear. So bears' internal clocks track the rise and fall of the sun. They need a full eight hours of sleep at night, which I think everybody does, especially given the environmental assault that we're all under. But just in terms of screens, um, Wi-Fi, everything like that that you could be around. But anyway, for bears, he recommends waking up at 7 a.m., doing a few minutes of exercise, 7.30, eat breakfast, 9 to 10 a.m., plan your day, 10 a.m., have coffee. So you see the coffee is a little bit later. And this one, uh, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., work on difficult, difficult tasks, professional emails. 12 p.m., take a walk, eat lunch, take another walk. Uh, 2.30 p.m., he actually recommends for these people to take a nap, which I think if you, I could be completely wrong about this, but if you look at um, humans that are still in a hunter-gatherer community, even in this day and age, um, a lot of those cultures will have that designated nap time in the afternoon. Um, then for this one, after that nap, he 3 to 6 p.m., make phone calls, send emails, uh, so just more of your grunt work. 6 to 7 p.m., exercise. 7.30 p.m., eat dinner. 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., brainstorm. 10 p.m., turn off all screens. Obviously, that's one of the most important things, regardless of your sleep type. And then 11 p.m., go to sleep. And the last one are wolves. So what he says wolves are, wolves have a hard time waking up early. That's you. Wolves have a hard time waking up early and are most energetic in the evenings. It seems like more people, and this just could be anecdotal on my part, seem to fall into this category. I don't, I'm a person that likes to wake up early in the mornings, but I don't encounter a lot of other people that would you would say find it easy to wake up in the morning. So my guess is that more people are like this. But anyway, for a wolf, he recommends getting up between 7 to 7.30. Um, jot down your thoughts. I think that's important for anybody, regardless of the sleep type you have. Um, 8.30, 8.30, do a few minutes of exercise. 9 a.m., plan your day. 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., have coffee. Take care of your busy work. 1 p.m., have lunch. Take a walk. And... Four to six, hold meetings and present your ideas to coworkers. 
6 to 7 exercise, 8 p.m. eat dinner, and then uh, between 8 p.m. and 11 p.m. maybe do a little bit more work, and then 11 p.m. Uh, take a shower, meditate, and then around midnight go to sleep. So I know um, depending on the environment you're in, the type of job you have and everything, some people may be more in line with that type of schedule. Um, but for me personally, I like getting up a little bit earlier. So those are the different sleep personalities, at least according to this doctor, which I thought was a pretty cool insight to uh, see how you pair up. And then also I think it's important to just think about these types of things in your life to orient your life to whatever's going to be most successful. Cause this episode or this podcast is all about optimized performance to be the highest performer possible. So you really need to recognize one, what your schedule is and how to align your sleep style and everything with that schedule for optimal sleep. So you can be at your peak performance, then also recognizing what your natural, your specific personality, body type, everything is going to have more of a proclivity to. So I thought that was pretty cool. Just wanted to share. Um, next thing I wanted to go into was brain states and different parts of sleep. So there's a few different stages of sleep and I kind of wanted to do an overview of all those and then um, what different brain states you are at different stages of sleep. So the first stage of sleep is uh, known as stage one or NREM sleep. So a lot of people have probably heard of REM sleep, but the first stage, and this is the transitional phase that occurs between wakefulness and sleep. So this is that kind of that phase of like, where like, okay, in your brain, you say, I'm going to sleep now. And then you start to drift off. So it's kind of that, like, what would be the perfect word? Cause it's kind of like fading away state. I know for some people that's harder to enter into than others, probably easier for men than women. Um, but this is kind of the slowdown of the respiration, heartbeat, and um, decrease in core body temperature and overall muscle tissue. What I actually like to do is take a cold shower before bed because I feel like it eases me into this state a little bit better. Again, that's going to be kind of personal preference, but I do like to do this. Um, this state is associated with alpha and th uh, theta brainwaves. And um, these are going to be low frequency, high amplitude patterns of electrical activity waves that become synchronized. And uh, this resembles, the, it's kind of the same state as being relaxed. So it's not necessarily in this like super deep state. It's just a similar state as you being relaxed or in meditation. And um, it's relatively easy to be woken up from this. So I don't know if you've ever fallen asleep, like watching a movie on the couch or TV or something, but this is kind of that state where you're not fully locked and paralyzed yet. Um, as we move into stage two, it's where our body goes into a lot more deeper relaxation. Um, so theta waves are going to dominate at this point, but they are um, interrupted by a brief burst of activity known as sleep spindles. So a sleep spindle is a rapid burst of higher frequency brain waves that may be important for learning and memory. That's interesting. And I think a lot of us, like we, if you kind of do research on this, and I was going to, to some scientific literature, we still don't really know a lot about why we actually sleep. Obviously, you need to, but how all of these different things work. So it's kind of like one thing that is right in front of us, but we also don't understand that well yet. Um, and uh, again, this is going to be a little bit more deeper state of relaxation. And um, where you go from 
that, which would be stage two to stage three and stage four, which are slow wave sleep that is marked by the predominance of delta waves. And this would be called the REM sleep, so rapid eye movement. And um, paralysis of voluntary muscles, dreaming, this is what we think of as like being in uh, kind of trance. And um, one thing that's interesting about dreaming is one, we don't know that much about it, why we do it, or what's going on there while we're dreaming. I tend to forget a lot of my dreams. I'll remember them right when I wake up and then for whatever reason, like within 60 seconds of waking up, I don't remember them. But um, this is where a lot of people just report having dreams and everything and it's going to be right before we wake up. So um, what I also want to do was just give a rundown of these different brainwave states. So one is beta waves. This is going to be actually when you're awake. So when you're awake and active, um, focusing, doing your day-to-day tasks, that's going to be a beta brainwave state. Alpha waves are when a person is awake and relaxed with closed eyes. Um, again, think of this as kind of like a meditative state at stage one right before you're winding down. Um, next one is going to be theta waves. So this is when you're sleepy or in a sleep transition where you're going from alpha to theta. And um, this is also observed in REM sleep, um, but it's going to be more along the lines of not being part of when you're active and awake. Um, the last one is delta waves, and this is when you're in deep sleep. Your neurons are not engaged in processing of information, and um, activity is synchronized in your brain. So I think for what we know right now, that's when your brain is going to be kind of in that state. Um, but anyway, the next thing I want to talk about is um, the healthiest for your circadian rhythm. So, assuming that life factors weren't involved, so your job, your family, what your daily routine is, um, I wanted to break down what would be the healthiest for your circadian rhythm. And there's different schools of thought on this. Um, Most of the information that I pulled together and was able to come across says that if you can for whatever reason, fall asleep between 8 p.m. and 12 a.m., that's going to be the most important thing. So most people's circadian rhythm is going to be optimized if they're in that 8 p.m. to 12 a.m. range when they're falling asleep. And obviously that's not going to be accessible for everybody, but I think in terms of performance, if you're looking, okay, I want to be completely optimized in every area of my life, that's going to be one of the most important things is that you're falling asleep in that time. Now, My opinion is that you should be on the earlier side of that. If you look at the natural state of the rise, fall of the sun, how the day works, me personally, this is going to be different for everyone, I have better experience when I go to sleep the closer to sunset rather than staying up later. Um, But again, that's going to be a little bit different for everybody and that kind of gets into those different sleep types uh, and sleep animals that we talked about. Um, But I think most importantly is that you're in that window between 8 p.m. to 12 a.m. and that you're getting a full eight hours of sleep. I've heard different um, information sources talk about in the past that actually we didn't need a full eight hours of sleep, um, that humans actually function closer, like somewhere in the six to seven range. However, we do live in a different day and age when we're kind of bombarded by lots of different stressors, not only physical stressors in our body from environmental toxins, but also mental and emotional stressors, especially if you live in more of the information economy where you're doing highly intellectual bandwidth jobs that 
take longer for your brain to detox away from than would say just working a manual labor job where you're doing physical tasks all day. Um, but I think the most important thing is again that you're in that window and that you're getting a full eight hours of sleep that you're also winding down in between that. Um, leading into that, like I've mentioned a little bit, I think being a high performance person, it's going to be really, really important to go to bed as early as possible. And why I say this is because just take your average person. Again, everybody's situation can be a little bit different. I know some people may be working until 11 p.m., 12 a.m. at night sometimes. Um, but take your average person that's going to finish up their day around 6, 6.37, or maybe even a little bit earlier, hopefully. What, by the time, if you're finishing up work at that point, think about the types of tasks that you're doing between maybe 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. For most people, and this kind of depends on if you have a family or not, but most people, it's not going to be worth anything that's worth putting before your sleep. And let me go into a little bit more detail. So if you think about the average person, if they're finishing up dinner around six, seven, and eight, again, this will be different for everybody. What's actually getting done between 8 p.m. and 10 p.m.? Now, for some people, that might be very valuable workspace, and especially depending on what type of work you're doing and kind of what uh, your sleep personality, like we talked about earlier before, is. But is the use of the hours between 8 p.m. and 10 p.m. optimal? And I know for me, if I'm awake during those times, most of what I'm going to be doing is probably just garbage anyway. It's probably going to be watching TV, doing something. I like to read more than just watching TV. But think how many people in the world or between those hours, like binge watching a TV show or doing something that has zero productivity value. So I think if your goal in life is to become a high performer, you get more utility out of going to bed early during those hours, so like 8, 9, 10 p.m., than wasting them like a lot of people do, watching a TV show or doing whatever. Now, if you have a family, it might be a little bit different. You might have kids and whatever that you're trying to put asleep, but I think that's going to be much more utility than doing something like something that's very brain draining that you're not getting any utility out of. Um, and one thing, uh, one guy that's really big into this is Robin Sharma. He wrote a book called The 5 a.m. Club. He's a high performance consultant for a lot of people. Um, the first part is going to bed early so that you do get the requ required amount of sleep. But think about most of the world doesn't even get up until around 7 o'clock and the world doesn't really get going, at least here in the United States, until around like 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, so what you're doing is if you're going to bed early at those times, you're allowing yourself to get up early and you're going to have an hour, two hour window where you're awake before the world is really turning. What that allows you to do is set your intention for the day so that by the time you do enter into the arena of whatever you're doing, you've set aside a thousand times more intention than a lot of other people will ever do. How many people are in a reactionary state when they get up in the morning, they get up at seven, and then the moment that they get up, they're in a rush, they're in a hectic space where they don't know what's going on. They might have a routine, that routine's 
open to getting beaten around by other people and they're pulled in a thousand different directions and by the time they do try to get going on the day their brain is so fried because they've been in a thousand different directions that the quality of their work is doing is this compared is very small compared to when it could have been you know 10 times whatever that would have been so i think that there's something to be said and if you look at a lot of billionaires high-performing people they're up before the rest of the world and it doesn't, have, it doesn't necessarily have to be five. It could be earlier. It could be a little bit later. But just some sort of carved out window where you're away from the, the world and have a space to set out your intention for the day so that you're proactive in how your day unfolds rather than reactive, which 95% of people are going to be just because they're always lagging behind. Um, <clears throat> the way you begin your day sets the... Tone and energy for how your day unfolds. Point blank, period. How you start your day is going to be how you carry yourself throughout the rest of the day. Um, when you do this too, you're setting yourself up for happiness. And it may not seem like it at the time, it may seem like a huge drag to have to get up early, but you're, you're actually putting yourself in a position to be a little bit happier because you're now in control. So you're the master instead of the slave of your daily routine. And um, <clears throat> I think a lot of people don't realize that they feel like they're a slave to having to be, to have structure when it's actually the other way around. When you're the master of your structure, you operate within that how you see fit. And when you get up early, you're doing that and you're mastering the routine so that the rest of the, your day, you're in control rather than letting whatever's going on control you. Also, there's something in, this is seen across a variety of different cultures, continents throughout history, is there's something to be said for solitude in the morning. When you're in those brain states, they're going to be more of the relaxed state as you're coming out of your sleep. It's very important to be alone with your own thoughts and actually process those thoughts. So I think one of the reasons we actually sleep, and, and again, this I'm not necessarily backing up this with scientific data, this is more anecdotal in my own experience, is your, your sleep is to allow for like a lot of what happened through the day to process and it goes into your memory and everything. That's how you memorize things and learn. And then when you get up, there's new data that your brain has like written on to your hard drive. When you wake up early there's time for you to process that go through that and think about those things and then implement whatever it is that you learned memorized had an experience with and wrap that into your intention for the next day and that may sound like oh yeah of course that makes sense obviously but if you do that day after day after day after day when a lot of other people aren't think how much more successful you're going to be because you're actually teaching yourself in a manner that your whole biological system is remembering it better and executing and implementing into the future. Um, but I think there's just something about having that quietness and um, space to create your own intention and process what happened the day before and formulate it into uh, your intention for the day. Finally, I mean, that's kind of the rundown. What I want to do is go into a little bit of my own experience with getting up late versus getting up early. Um, so for the last couple years of my life, being an entrepreneur, I really have focused on getting up early. When you're an entrepreneur, 
Yes, technically you do set your own schedule once you really find out is that the people that you're providing value for are ultimately going to be the determinants of that because as an entrepreneur, your ability to get compensated monetarily is the directly correlated with the value you provide to others. So whatever it is, whatever you may be selling, creating, whatever, um, as an entrepreneur, ultimately, you get compensated for the value you provide to others. But with that, I want to make sure that I'm setting my intention for the day as an entrepreneur. And um, this doesn't mean you necessarily have to be an entrepreneur, but I think there's lessons to be learned um, on all sides from that. So most of my life, I've probably been a person that has actually gotten up earlier than not. Um, but I've gotten up late enough through different points of my life, which I would say like on average between like 7 to 8.30 at different times, just depending on what my schedule demanded at that time, um, that I've been able to kind of compare and contrast and see what I feel most comfortable with and then like kind of what lessons I've learned from each one. Um, I would say what I notice is that when I get up early, my ability to be in control of the day is so much more. So I actually had a great example of this this week. Um, earlier this week, I stayed up to watch the uh, national college football. Hold on. College football national championship game. And um, I love football. I play. I can't really help it. Uh, I don't watch that much anymore. Uh, especially a lot of NFL, but big games like that, I do like to indulge myself and watch. Anyway, wasn't a super great game to the end, but I still stayed up the whole time. Um, but I noticed because I stayed up till like around midnight and then got up like seven, seven thirty the next day. Because I did that, I was immediately in a reactionary state for the next day. So rather than getting up at five, four thirty, five a.m. like I normally do. I got up at seven, and because I did that, the rest of my day was kind of chaos. And for no other reason, I do the same exact stuff every day, but because I had gotten up later. So because I didn't have that hour or two hour space in the morning to set my intention for the day, I noticed just the vibrational frequency of how I was behaving, how my energy was getting carried out of the day was so much less powerful and impactful than it would have been had I gotten up early. Now, if I would have went to bed late and got up early, and only slept for four and a half or five hours, that would have probably been way worse anyway because you don't want to take away sleep. Sleep is going to be the number one most important thing that's going to be determined of your attitudes, outlooks, and uh, health in life. And I think we're starting to experience that now. The old guard, kind of the last hundred years, has always talked about, you know, like, oh, you got to work harder, grind, 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 don't sleep. But, um, it's actually the opposite. If you want to be really successful, you have to sleep because then your brain is not going to be able to make decisions in a rational and logical way that's actually going to lead you to have the most success. But even just this week, that one day that I slept in, um, or not even really sleep in, but because I did get up later and didn't have that space to set my intention and my brain. And I think there's something like, say that your day didn't start to way later in the day, like around... 11 and you did have that space. I think there's something being up before the sun rises that allows your brain to be in that creative mode. So um, that's just kind of my comparison to everything. And again, I've gotten up different times throughout my life, but I think now getting up early is something that um, 
I'll always want to do. And I think for my whole life, no matter how successful, how unsuccessful, that's just a principle that I set out. And uh, with that, I'll kind of give you actually, this would probably be even more helpful as I just give you my routine. So what I do is days that I train, I'm going to wake up anywhere like around like 4.15 to 4.30, somewhere in there, somewhere in there, and then get to the gym by five. I think it's very important to move when you are first getting up in the morning. So get to the gym around five and do my workout and then I'm done back eating breakfast by around seven and then I'm ready to start the day. Um, on days that I don't train, this is actually where I have, try to carve out more intellectual space and creative space for what I'm doing. Same thing, get her up around like 4.45, five o'clock. And then I do some sort of yoga, again, some, some type of movement. It doesn't have to be real stressful movement where you're raising your cortisol levels, doing like hard weightlifting, CrossFit, um, anything like that. Uh, but just get moving and help the lymphatic fluid in your body get activated and everything and um, also allow for your brain to be in a creative slash intellectual space where you're getting your best work done. And then from there, do some movement. And then uh, those days that I don't train, I really use for planning, doing creative endeavors that I know is gonna take more intellectual space, but because I got up early, I set the intention, I wrote down what my goals were for that day, what I wanted to accomplish, and then moved into that space that allows me to do so. And then by eight o'clock, I'm ready to move in my day, care about my business, but um, I'll go through the day, end up eating, and uh, around finish work around like six, seven, eat dinner, and then by like eight, eight thirty, I'm ready to go to bed again. And for me, getting in the rhythm of doing this every single day, obviously for some people it's not going to be practical, but getting in the rhythm of doing that every day, um, I feel like I'm more productive during the day hours than when I do wait to go to bed later and then wake up a little bit earlier. But um, again, I think you look at a lot of really successful people and that's who I try to model myself after getting up early is going to allow for that headspace and creative space to set your intention to where if you're setting your intention for the day and 95% of other people won't, you're gonna be able to accomplish your agenda. And again, whatever that is, is being higher performing in your job, being a better entrepreneur, being a better family member because you took time for yourself. And I think that's something that not a lot of people talk about is you actually really have to be selfish and set time aside from yourself that's so that you can maximize how you help other people. But um, with that being said, that's kind of just my thoughts on early to bed, early to rise, um, a little bit of backdrop into the science behind it and um, kind of sleep science and then why I think it's important to carve out that space. But either way, I would just challenge you to, if you took a week, if you're currently not someone that gets up early, take a week and be really intentional about going to bed, you know, if you can between eight and nine and then getting up somewhere between like 4.30 and 5.30 and see what happens. See if you do feel more intentional throughout your day and set aside time for yourself in the morning where you're uh, not really waking up and then just constant in this panic state. So again, I hope that was helpful to everybody and uh, let me know what you think. And uh, if there's any recommendations you have or questions or um, anything you would like to hear me talk about, let me know. And uh, again, don't forget to sign up for the email newsletter if you like free money. And um, I'll look forward to coming back again. Again, we're going to be doing about three of these every week. So I'll see you soon. Peace.